It's the Blue White Breakdown. Bob Flounders and Dave Jones getting ready to talk a little Penn State football. Rutgers up next Saturday. Early start, Dave, in Piscataway. When's the last time we've had a relevant Rutgers football team? I was was going to say, it's it's been such a a lopsided series. Uh, Yeah, maybe Franklin's first year that, I think it was 13-10 game that was not that fun to watch either. uh, (laughs) That's right. It was not all about that game, but I do remember that game. That was uh, that was tension packed. It was. He, he didn't he need it for a winning season? Uh, well, it was like their second or third game of the year. I think it might have been hit the first road game after oh, after Ireland. Game. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was like ten nothing. Then it was thirteen ten, and the Rutgers quarterback just imploded against Bob, that master craftsman Bob Shoup and his defense, and Penn State won thirteen ten late. This is – I've been watching a lot of these guys just because I'm a freak. Um, sure. But I, I, I really – believe it or not, if you haven't watched Rutgers, they're a fun team to watch and totally different under Greg Schiano. I mean, night and day. The very first time you see him uh, – I guess the first time I saw him was against uh, Indiana. Uh, they fought and fought in that game, and – They've been doing it all year. They're the one team in the Big Ten that has shown up every week. I mean, even against Ohio State, they got down. They ended up losing that thing 49-27. They've got a rookie uh, 36-year-old offensive coordinator who basically just doesn't care. And Shiano's letting him do whatever the hell he wants. They're getting their quick little running backs out on the edge a lot, throwing them passes. They're essentially running plays. But then they've been working out, and every quarterback they put in there, if it's not Noah Vedral from uh, Nebraska transfer, they're putting out the guys that Chris Ash had out there right. uh, who were just horrific under his watch. Yeah. And they're doing fine. Now, Johnny Langan, who was, you know, a, a primarily a running quarterback. It's a great name. It's like a cartoon character from the 70s. <laughs> from Steve Racer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought of. Johnny Langan. Johnny Langan would, would be kind of a gunslinger racer, right? He would yeah. kind of a lovable. Yeah. Well, that's who he is. He's kind of a lovable galoot, as you would say. He uh, uh, he played against Penn State last year. Even though that game was twenty-seven-six, Rutgers was able to kind of keep the ball and run the ball between Pacheco and Langan. Yeah. They just didn't have any finisher. They couldn't really do too much through uh, the they, air. So they, with, with Adams and Pacheco, those guys are running really hard. Um, and well, and usually off the edge, they get them on the corners, try to get them in a little space, throw the ball out there to them. And it's not, it's not complicated. Um, and then Art Sikowski, you remember him, Artur Sikowski, who is both Langan and Sikowski were these Jersey yeah. legends in high school. Um, I think, did Sikowski go to John Bos- Bosco prep? I can't think. But Don Bosco prep? John Bosco? I think it's Don, Don Bosco prep. I can't remember. That might not be right. But they both are, one of them, I think, went to Bergen Catholic. But these guys were well-known in high schools in Jersey, and they're playing so much better than they did last year. Both of them had to play last week in a 37-30 win. Yeah. Uh, they both came in and played well. And the the the, the coordinator... Um, it's Sean Gleason is his name. And he did something really shrewd at the, near the end of that game. Langan, every time Langan came in, 
of course, they ran the ball. He ran the A-gap keeper. You know, they'd run the fly sweep fake and he'd run the A-gap keeper or, or they'd give it with, with the check on a fly sweep from the slot, something like that. This one time, they've got like nine guys in the box from Purdue. He, he fakes it. He takes a step back and just throws a little dart. I mean, you could have thrown it. I could have thrown it. Yeah. Um, to Adams, to K-Ron Adams. And he's, all he's got is a couple of safeties to beat. I mean, it's simple stuff like that, unexpected stuff. Um, yep. They're they're playing every card in the in the deck, every card in their hand, and they're they're be, they've been competitive against every single team. There. Dave, I think uh, older Penn State fans, maybe Penn State fans of our age, that when they think of Greg Schiano's time at Rutgers the first time, not the most creative guy uh, that ever on the offensive side. Maybe on the defensive side, he did some good things. But you mentioned the fact that he's kind of just opened things up in his uh, first year back at Rutgers. Do you think it has anything to do with the time he spent away? You know, I think he, he was on the Ohio State staff and Urban Meyer. And also, I think he might have spent some time with Bill Belichick. I'm, is this more just out of necessity? Or do you think that he's just looking at college football on the offensive side a little differently? I think he's looking at recruiting. If you want to have kids and he's fighting, you know, who he's fighting. He's fighting Penn State for all those Jersey kids. Um, Saquon Barkley, a one time verbal right. to, to Rutgers. If Greg Sheehan is there, does he see himself as as maybe Ray Rice? Well, not not in that way, but I mean, <laughs> in, in the more admirable way. Yeah. OK. Because yeah. That was Greg's big back. You know, yeah. if, if he has somebody there who he thinks has a vision. Doesn't he stay? That's what he's looking at. He's looking at at playing guys in a number of different ways, exciting ways, uh, trying to run a vibrant offense. And he's given Gleason a lot of leeway. Now, whether he does that when the games, if the games start meaning something a lot more for Rutgers, that remains to be seen. He's He's got a little Schottenheimer in him himself, doesn't he, Greg, wouldn't you say? Yes, I think that's accurate to say. Yeah, and and yeah, I believe he showed that with Tampa, right, when he was the head coach of those. Ooh, that's right. I forgot about that stint with the Bucks that did not go well. A lot of people have tried to forget about that, including Greg. But I don't think he, I, I think he's a head coach. He's a college head coach. He's not a coordinator. He didn't do a very good job at Ohio State. You remember their defense yep. was not good in 2018, and he basically was shown the door after that season by Urban Meyer. Uh, he is a CEO. A uh, funny thing happened to me. I was at the Penn State Rutgers basketball game last year about this time uh, when they uh, they they announced him. They had announced him just the, the week before. And you remember how what a what a horrific process that yeah. was for you. You know, it, it didn't look like he was going to come. A lot uh, of demands. A lot of demands. Yeah. I mean, he, he wasn't going to do it in a Mickey Mouse way, and he, he was going to get what he wanted, which he always has at Rutgers. And they gave him what he wanted. He comes in. It had been about a week or two before, and they let the press know that at halftime, down in the uh, media room of the rack, that, that he was going to be available. You walk in there, and have you ever been around certain people? Now, we might dismiss them or kind of have even contempt for some of these coaches, but it's undeniable that some of them, have a certain presence when you run we walk in a room they just hold them they they can hold a room and they can hold themselves in a certain demeanor that just sort of engenders respect that's the only way i can put it and i, I think it's very very useful with 18 to 23 year old kids in that way and it's it's clear the first game 
that he'd made them into a different kind of team that was going to not only fight, but believed in what he was selling. That wasn't true of Rutgers before. Now I'm, now I'm envisioning Greg Schiano a little, little bit like Frank Sinatra. I can't shake that image. Thank you for that, Dave. <laughs> but uh, what? I, I do get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. <laughs> do you have like a little rat pack of people following around or what's going on? <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. Um, um, Dave, I wanted to ask, what I wanted to ask you is I know you just <clears throat> did one of your subscriber mailbags and um, you get a, like a, what I like about yours is you get a, a whole your audience knows that they can pretty much ask you anything. It's not necessarily <laughs> Penn State football questions. Number one, it's I would imagine you get a kick out of putting that together every week because you like the variety of responses that you get. And the other thing is, what kind of Penn State football questions are you even getting now with them with just a couple games left coming off? of a win at Michigan. I don't know. I can't tell if the fan base is a relieved B impressed C not impressed, or I just don't know kind of how they're viewing Penn state. I, I, I have weeded that garden. Now you remember, and I have gotten rid of knuckleheads cause I, I can't, I can't have them. Can't win with them. Can't do it. Okay, Mike. Okay, Mike. <laughs> That's one of the other greatest rings. Vernon Davis out. Can't have them. Can't win with them. Um, I don't know. I just don't want to deal with knuckleheads and Twitter is full of them. So I don't hang out on Twitter. I, I post my stories there. Yeah. I won't, I won't hang out very often. Um, same thing with, uh, the old, some of the old pen live comment stream. It's like, sure. what's the point? So we decided this was the the best way. And I really like uh, all the, the, the readers we have there on my Facebook page because they don't necessarily see things in the simpleton viewpoint that other Penn State fans do. I think they, they are a little more sophisticated and realize that this thing is kind of an outlier this season. I mean, Penn State, you got to give Penn State a lot of credit for, for shepherding this COVID thing through. I mean, look at their numbers yesterday compared to, they had two positive tests and one indeterminate and all their athletes and in, in a four yeah. figures of tests no one's done that good a job all over the league and i think they've been very persnickety and maybe from coaches standpoints uh i wouldn't say too vigilant but they've been extremely it's worked against them probably probably has we can't tell that but it might have yeah uh, the point is this whole thing is kind of an outlier it really is this season is i think most readers that that I have to deal with on Facebook realize that. So they're willing to give this season a mulligan where some others we we know might. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and other people are wondering if uh right. Franklin could could eject the situation and uh I I don't see that happening but right. he's been mentioned for the Texas job. Um, right. The USC job, which I always thought USC would come after him, but hell, Clay Helton's still in the top twenty-five, isn't he? Right? Yeah. You yeah. mentioned you mentioned Penn State's vigilance, Dave, and it's kind of worth noting that Michigan now had to cancel the game. They, Penn State just played them. Same thing happened with Maryland a couple of weeks ago, and you just wonder, <clears throat> knock on wood, how for, maybe Penn State's actually been fortunate as well because they've interacted. I mean, you just wonder how they were able to kind of. Uh, skirt that because they, well, they just got done playing Michigan. They just got lucky a couple of times. Um, Wisconsin has three cancellations now. It looks like they're going to play this week. 
right. at home against Indiana. Um, but the interesting thing about Michigan is they've got a complete shutdown going on here. And of course, the talk is: Did you see Her, about Kirk Herbie's not happy? Herbie's not happy. Did you see about Ward Manuel? Did you see him yesterday? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, he he went off. Yeah, he absolutely went off on Herbie and said it was preposterous and we've been playing football since 1869, you know, and we have the most wins. For, they're still living in the 19th century at Michigan, you know. Um, and this is why we, we always play whoever's in front of us. And it was, it was the classic Michigan response. It was, it was fantastic. But, but the, the thought that maybe, in case any, anyone didn't see, um, what was Herbie's wording? I can't remember exactly what it was. He said, "Well, that they would, they, they rather would than raise, get embarrassed, they would just they raise would just, the white flag." Yeah, they would, they would, they would pretty much surrender. I mean, and just say it's COVID. Yeah, and use it as kind of an excuse to opt out. Which, and then he, he apologized for it that night. To his credit, a, a very profuse <laughs> apology because yeah. it was kind of a knucklehead thing to say. Uh, what Ward Manuel, the AD of Michigan, was not having it. <laughs> If you haven't seen the quote, you need to look it up. It, was, it went on and on and on and on. Dave, are we headed for a postseason pay-per-view fight between Jim Harbaugh and Herbie? <laughs> and how would that – who would you take? Because you know Jim's not happy either. I don't, I don't think Sharkface would ever fight. He would just stare. He would just, <laughs> he would just continue the pre-fight stare the entire time. Uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh is famous for fighting Jim Kelly in the NFL when he was in it. He's not afraid. I didn't know that? When, oh, yeah. As yeah. players or what? And as yeah, Jim, uh, the st the story, as I've heard it, is uh, I think Jim Kelly had retired and Jim Harbaugh was still playing. And I think Jim Kelly mentioned something was very critical of his play. And I think I think Jim the, the way I remember it is Jim Harbaugh stuck stuck his nose into like a production meeting and said, "Hey, uh, can I see you for a second? <laughs> <laughs> then I think he told on Barstool. I think he admitted he got into a fight at like a like an Applebee's or something. Like he said, he's pretty. He's a pretty intense guy, Dave. I think he would accept the fight. Fights in Applebee's. That's where mid-staters go to get their, their creamed potatoes. And... I may have. I, I think that's the way I heard it. I don't think it's an urban legend. I think that it is true. So I was just curious. I got to think Jim Harbaugh is not happy about nobody, what Kirk said about Nobody gets in fights at Applebee's. That's where, that's where, ask Greg Pickle. That's where they go for the surprise potatoes. And mother needs the surprise potatoes. She likes those a lot. <laughs> Special. I think it's a good point now on the blue-white breakdown with, with Dave Jones and Bob Flounders, me being Bob and you being Dave. We probably should get this back on the rails. Uh, any thoughts about how Penn State may approach this Rutgers game now that they have a win under their belt? Do you think they're going to try and do similar things like they did against Michigan? Did they dodge a bullet, Dave? We talked about it after the game. The McNamara kid couldn't throw the ball. That might have helped them a little bit. They were shorthanded at corner. They're going to win this game, and you, you're right. It's it's a it's a double digit spread, but it does feel like it's going to be a pretty close down to the wire game. How do you see how do you see Penn State approaching Rutgers? Well, you've talked about their linebackers and the deficiency in the linebackers at linebacker. You and yeah. I think you continue to do that, right? They're they're. They're, they're just not, you know, they obviously, when you take Micah Parsons out of the equation, there's just, you're, you're so used to seeing somebody, uh, you know, that you've almost never seen at Penn State. It's probably not fair to the guys that he left in his way because they just can't play the game the way that Micah plays it. But, you know, in terms of, you know, 
uh, disruptive plays or, you know, or, you know, game changing plays or, you know, getting there on the blitz to disrupt a throw or showing up in coverage. They're just not quite uh, Mike the like. And I think they still have some issues maybe in the defensive backfield at safety. So, well, they're, they're they play better, obviously, Dave. So we'll see if they can kind of build on that. Those guys are going to be very, have to be very active is the point in this game because Gleason loves, as I said, to, to, he, he kind of interchanges his, his wideouts and running backs and you can't tell one from the other half the time they're all like 511 and and 190 and built like little pit bulls and can run everyone's seen Isaiah Pacheco I think by this point yeah but they also got a transfer in Aaron Crookshank who's a wide out who they can run out of the slot or run behind the backfield and fly sweeps they get him the ball he ran back a kick for a touchdown that got them back in the game against Purdue he's really slippery uh Karen Adams is another guy who you get him out in space. If, if he gets a, a head of steam, he can really run. He outrun and ran those safeties for the long touchdown uh, catch on the slant. Right. So they're going to have to be very active and they're going to have to cover the field in this game. They're not going to play this game in a phone booth. Gleason's not going to let him. So to me, that's the seed of, I, I made those of the, the guys who, uh, who are kind of under the gun in this game. Right. <clears throat> Dave, the last two road games, and for whatever reason, I don't, it must just be, just, I don't know if there's, there's any real reason why, since there's no fans, but Penn State just seems like a different team, a better team on the road than they are at home. They've, they've been there at their most competitive best at Indiana, at Nebraska, and at Michigan. But the last two road games, Dave, that red zone offense, whether it was the first half against Michigan with the spike and the, and the fades or the end of the Nebraska game where they, they drove down the field twice and came up empty, turned it over on downs because they just couldn't do anything, you know, throwing the football. Can we expect a little bit more creativity and diversity this week when they get into the red zone? And is it not upon James Franklin to make sure that's a priority this week? I'm going to do my mic current to that. And you know what the Mike Kern I know what you're going to say, but I want to hear you say it. <laughs> I had to take him off the Heisman list this week. Because, oh. Yeah, well, they made me. Um, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's mainly just doing his podcast now, and they have to, they require writing every, 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 every month or something. So, uh, but he would say, you know, Bob, oh, you're, you're asking me if they're going to loosen up the offense? You tell me. Uh, you know, are they are they going to are they going to do something more with Dotson? I, I don't know. Um, could could maybe Clifford do more gap keepers and just keep the ball? Who knows? You tell me. Uh, so I I don't know. I mean, what do you think they're going to do? I I've got no idea. I I can't see any rhyme or reason to yeah. to how they treat certain offenses. I think I think Kirk Shiraka has just been trying to find out what works. He's trying to get to know this team. Yeah, I mean he he didn't have any time to work with this team in the preseason. He's he he certain people had reputations, but I mean the offensive line was supposed to be a, a, a click south of overpowering, and they haven't been that. They were better, so right. he he needs to know what he can depend on before he can game plan. And 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 up until now, I don't think he's really been able to. Hell, he's using fourth and fifth string running backs. Yeah. Um, I would say, Dave, two things that uh, Franklin's referenced it now, and it's—I I think I get where he's coming from. So they don't have in the red zone; they don't have 
you know, obviously they don't have a Barkley, but they don't have a 50 now. They don't have a 50-50 specialist. They don't have a Godwin. They don't have a they don't have a Gasicki. They don't have a Frymuth. So I think that complicates what they can do throwing the ball. And, you know, James made the point that, yeah, it's great that Kevon Lee had a good game last week, but he's he's their fourth option. And he keeps referencing the fact that the way that their run game is designed, and most run games are designed, is you know, there's a lot of times where the running back is responsible for making the one guy miss in the hole. And it's the difference between a one or two yard gain and a, a 25 or 30 yard gain. And if you think about Penn State, you know, back going back to 2015 with Barkley for three straight years, and then Miles Sanders in 2018. They had to make guys miss. Yeah. They, ha- they had the guys. And last year, they, they finally had Journey Brown to that point late in the year. Uh, in the regular season, you saw it against Memphis and, you know, they just don't have that guy. And I think it's just, it's, they're, they're just having to grind so hard, Dave. And in the red zone, they don't have, a, they don't have a pure difference maker, I think in space. And I think that's really what's costing. Yeah, them. And I think Sean, I, I think Sean Clifford ideally is not somebody you're, you're going to be running right. seven keepers with like they did with, with Levis at the beginning of the, the one game. Uh, when yeah. was that? I can't remember. But then not <clears throat> two games ago. Yeah. Um, he, against Iowa. Yeah, against Iowa. Uh, you don't want to get him beat up. and But but in any read option offense, if you're not running wildcat, you always got to make one guy miss because you have one fewer blocker than you do um, <clears throat> guys being blocked. Um I think they have to keep doing what they, they're doing, which is short passing. They really don't have anyone to take the top off a of defense. Dotson is a very good receiver, uh, really catches the ball, but he's not going to blow by anybody. I think you'd agree with that. And they just don't have anyone one of that ilk. And, and if, if you're not going to blow by somebody, you better be able to go get the 50-50 high right. point of the ball, like you're talking about Godwin did. And they don't really have that either. So – they don't have any choice but to play a possession passing game, a possession running game, and and station to station their way down the field as they've been doing and try to keep the ball that way. They don't, and you, you can do that against Rutgers. You yeah. can do that against Rutgers. They don't have any kind of overpowering front, but you better come with your your lunchbox because these guys have shown up every week. You're not going to get some sort of ole defense like you've gotten well out of Penn State a couple times this year. You're not right. going to get that out of these guys. The guy's going to be ready yeah. to play. I think, and I, I think one of the things that I'm going to be watching for this week, Dave, is I think Shiano really likes that that defensive back, that Avery kid, and I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see Dotson kind of have to deal with him from from Downingtown. He's yeah. from here. My kid knows him. Yeah, uh, he's he's a he's a good player. I think he's a transfer from Toledo, or a one time commit somewhere else, but Ohio State maybe. But I think he's played very well this year. And oh, I you're talking about Trey Avery. Trey okay. Avery, yeah. He played Ron, He played against Rondell Moore last week, and I think he held him in check pretty good. And I think he did some good things earlier in the year. I think Dotson's going to see him, so I think they're going to – as much as Sean Clifford looked at Parker Washington last week, he might double down on that, and you might see a 15-target game. Well, that, yeah, that's why he's been going to – Washington's been a godsend. Yeah. I mean, think about it. For this offense – a little possession passing guy who's like Velcro or everything you throw at him, he catches sure. over the middle, takes hits in traffic. He's not big, but he's caught everything they've thrown at him. So, yeah, I mean, you got to use him. You don't have any choice. 
Dave, it's that fa- it's the favorite part of the of the blue white breakdown. It's time to make our picks. I pretty I have a pretty good idea where you're heading, but let's. How do you see it playing out, and what what's your score? I picked Rutgers outright, uh, thirty to twenty eight, just based on what we've seen this year. It's 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 hard to fathom the Rutgers right. not showing up emotionally for this game, and Penn State they just got their win. We've sure. seen this a couple times where a team gets yeah. their totally gets their win. It happened in Nebraska, and then the next week they come out flat. Um, Michigan had happened too, where they got their win against Rutgers, and then they didn't even with McNamara. Yeah, they didn't look all that great. Early. They didn't look all that interested. Yeah. Um, so we don't know if that's going to happen to Penn State, but it's certainly possible based on what we've seen. I, yeah. I can't imagine Rutgers not showing up. Right. Um, they have they have scored. Listen to this. I mean they averaged six points a game in Big Ten games last year. I know that's hard to believe, but that's true. They have scored 20 in every game this season, which, of course, have all been Big Ten games, and they're averaging 30. So I'm picking them to score 30, uh, Penn State 28. That's my pick. Yeah, it feels to me like it's going to be – if it's not a last possession game, it's going to be – you know, the four, the final four or five minutes are probably going to tell the tale. It's going to be – I think the game will hang in the balance. I agree. I, I'm just going to say that, yes, I was dead wrong about Penn State last week losing – or uh, I thought they would lose to Michigan. But the one thing that has held up all year is they played – for whatever reason, Dave, they played pretty well on the road. I think they play better on the road than they do at home. I have no idea why. But I'm going to say Penn State wins 31-27. I think Sean Clifford, uh, to his credit um, – has rebounded nicely. I know that Michigan defense isn't, you know, isn't the Iowa defense, but uh, I give him a lot of credit for the way he managed the game last week. Uh, I hope we see Kevon Lee because I know that, that Devin Ford's available now. I think Kevon Lee might be the best option uh, in this offense to run the ball the, the majority of the time because of the way he falls forward, because of the way that he's always getting positive yards. Um, to me, it's going to come down to third down offensive defense. If Penn State can can convert some third downs and get some stops. I think they have a shot, but you're right. I have no – who knows what Rutgers is going to pull out of their bag of tricks. Who knows? Every, you tell me. It seems like every game they, they get somebody off guard, whether it's that 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 pass, that Langan pass, or it's a it's a play in the kicking game, or it's a trick play. Penn State better be on their toes for that. I think it's going to be the best Penn State Rutgers game that uh, we've seen since they've been in the Big Ten. Yeah, and – and and I've been here. And a relatively high-scoring game. You could see that. Yeah. Um, uh, so, and and you know what the line is, which brings us to 11. the lines. Yeah. It's, All right. We both have Rutgers covered. Sure. Clearly. Yeah. So there, there's that. That line is 11. You knew that. All right. Name the line. Ohio State at Michigan State. Ohio State hasn't played in like two two or three weeks. I mean, it's got to. It's going to be absurd. Twenty six. It's 23 and a half, so you like Buckeyes. Here's, here's a really hard game to pick. My God, will anyone watch it? Nebraska at Purdue, what's the line? <laughs> it does look like them Huskers. They showed a little spunk against Iowa in the, the game that you said they just don't they they play hard. Cross yeah. hate each other. That was pretty clear. Uh, Purdue just <clears throat> can't finish games off. Uh, that's it's going to be a close game. Is it at your top Purdue? At Purdue. At Purdue. Purdue's three and a half, and it'll probably be a field goal game. I'll give a slight lead to Purdue. They are two, so you're you're picking Nebraska. 
I want Purdue. No, you're picking Purdue. You're picking Purdue. Yeah. Um, here's another one because of the sad thing of uh, Michael Penix again out. Yeah, that's rough. An ACL. He's just so spindly. He, he he seems to you know I mean he's he's actually built like Joe Gillum. We talked about him from fifty years ago when when they played Indiana. Indiana at Wisconsin. What do you make that? And that line, of course, has really grown since the Penix and them. Well, Wisconsin's not hasn't played since the Northwestern loss. I don't think they played since last year. <laughs> uh, that's got to be Wisconsin. I'm going to say Wisconsin <clears throat> eleven. It's fourteen. It's I'll 14. say Wisconsin covers the number. Yeah, they had a kid come in. Indiana had a kid come in who's a four-star recruit. He played well at quarterback. Uh, so he actually finished that game against Maryland and played pretty well. So maybe that's a mitigating factor. And uh, finally, Iowa at Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> would you turn away? If I that was the only game you could watch, would you, would you watch uh, a Harlequin romance? Would you watch the uh, – uh, I'm going to say Iowa is 10. I'm going to say Illinois covers. It's 13 and a half. So. I think Illinois is going to cover. I think I Iowa is like really Illinois. happy that they they were able to beat Nebraska. Maryland and Maryland at Michigan's canceled. Northwestern at Minnesota canceled. Bob, we've asked some tough questions. <laughs> How about a fun one? Where do no. you find your visors? <laughs> and how do you decide on which ones to wear? I'm a Cowboys fan even though they're awful. But my, the, my favorite visor is too small for my head. You gave it to me. It's the Clemson Tigers visor. I have a huge noggin. It's like an orange on a toothpick. You do and have an Oprah Winfrey size. There, there Michael Robinson Dave, size. it's got its own solar system. Uh, <laughs> there's, uh, there's just times where my head gets too big, literally and figuratively, and I cannot get a visor around it. It's a big regret, but this one fits the blood flow is starting to cut off right now. I'm going to pass out in about four minutes. But uh, baseball caps don't fit on my head for that same reason. So I got to go visors because there's a little bit more room up top. And I got you a beautiful visor. You did. You did. It, it's it's still in great shape. It's purple and orange. And <laughs> it's purple with the orange paw print, right? I'm, yeah, so. I'm, I'm hoping, Dave, that with medical science in a couple years, they shave a little bit of the cranium. as You know how people get facelifts? I'm going to get a skull reduction, and I'm going to wear that. When I retire, I will wear that visor every day. Or just a revision in your skull and have the strap kind of eat into the skull. You know, just make it part of your head so you don't have to take it off. That would be a way. I'm, plan I'm planning ways around this as we speak, but that's my favorite visor. Thanks to you for it. If, if you want to get gonna, both, I'm going to get it on my head. If you want to get Bowflow a Christmas gift, that is, that is absolutely the gift. All right, All right Davey. I will uh, plan, I guess. On talking to you in a couple of days after the uh, Rutgers game. Let's hope it's entertaining and we'll talk soon. We'll talk at the end of the game, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Up, see you, man. All right. See ya.